Hello and welcome back to the Regenerative Mystic Podcast by Brave School, an institute of dreaming for wild-hearted creative entrepreneurs. My name is Dajay and I am your host. Now, I just want to say that I'm just so thankful for each and every single one of you who have been listening to this podcast for literally a year and a half. It has been quite an adventure, quite a creative process of trying to discover what this podcast wants to become. I knew that I wanted to talk about the creative process. I knew that I wanted an outlet to discuss wonder and to interview really terrific guests and to grow in just learning about new perspectives in the world when it comes to the creative process, entrepreneurship, and mysticism. But what I didn't know back then that I know now is that there is so, there's so much complexity. There are so many layers. There's so much to discover and discuss, which is what allowed me to kind of say yes to changing the podcast name because I realized that there are so many layers to this work that I just didn't feel satisfied with keeping it surface level with you guys. I wanted to go deep. Also in my own writing and work, I've been just sort of stumbling across some new terms and some experiences with my work that I've been really aching to share, like around essence liberation and what that is, regenerative work design and how I'm discovering that as a solution almost, or as a reframe for how I can approach my relationship with work that is that doesn't look like the mechanistic world um, dressed up in soft skin which is a lot of what I feel like spiritual or intuitive business can feel like sometimes. So I've been asking a lot of big questions, challenging myself to really go there and have been coming out with some really amazing insights that I know will continue to unfold over time. So I just wanted to share that with you and and just let you in on some of this process. I'm sitting here in the mountains in Taos, New Mexico, just feeling this mountain air and coming fresh off of just communing with Mother Nature and the earth and just feeling like, yeah, this is what we're here to do. We're not just here to be in our little digital bubbles and like, you know, talk about digital strategy as as if it's something that's going to stay the same forever. But we're here to really evolve. We're here to really unfold with our context and be in relationship with living matter, with each other, with ideas, with the dream space, with the creative process. That's really what mysticism to me is all about. It's not just about the spiritual woo-woo things that we learn about on the internet, but it's about what does it look like to peel back the layers of what we've always known and to ask questions about what wants to be known, what wants to be seen, what wants to be felt by us. What does it look like to craft futures of wholeness from the space of relationality and listening and being with our medicine in the present moment? Instead of trying to figure out how to uh, run profit, millions of dollars of profit on companies that may not last for 10 years or 20 years, but they may. We don't know. Those are some of the things that I have been curious about, especially as a strategist, especially as someone who operates in this domain of business and entrepreneurship and the creative process. Now, if you've been connected with my work at all, for any period of time, you know that I am such a huge fan of Carol Sanford's work, 
stumbling upon her work really helped me to language some of the things that I have felt for so long and also to help me to learn new concepts and frameworks for how to manage change, how to be with my creative process in a whole and regenerative way. These are some of the things that I am wanting to bring through into the podcast to talk about, to bring with our guests and also kind of weave in some of my own relationship with my identity, place, context, family, time, creative process systems and all of that because I think it really nurtures and colors the way that we can have this conversation. So if you're down to keep moving with me, if you're down to keep rolling with me, I am really excited. It's been really kind of a long time coming to just be in this place where I feel able and free and alive to talk about these things, to, to weave at this intersection of creative process and creative work. I just feel so thankful and really so privileged to be able to have like a group of listeners who are tracking with every word but not also tracking just like having a conversation with me which matters more in the long run because I think that's really how the dialogue is how we start to create change in our culture the dialogue and putting these things into practice and trying them trying these things on for ourselves like essence liberation and essence liberation work trying that on for ourselves and finding our own conclusions in relationship to our own essence is really what creates the change, not necessarily me giving you a list of things to do that may or may not resonate with how your essence is meant to be expressed on the earth. So yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much and thank you for being here. Thank you for being with us in the evolution. The Regenerative Mystic Podcast has a brand new Instagram account because I felt like the work of regenerative mysticism really wanted to have its own place, its own nook and cranny as a product of Brave School, as a brainchild and a heart child of me, Daje, the story doula on the internet. I felt like it really needed its own home and its own place to be expressed in its own essence. So do go and follow us there at The Regenerative Mystic. Um, we're also going to be trying out bringing some of the videos that we have recorded from our podcast episodes out into the world. So definitely look out for those. We're so excited uh, for all the things that are going down here in Team Brave School and how we can continue to serve you from this lens of regenerative strategy, regenerative mysticism, and a regenerative creative process. So one of the other things I wanted to touch on before we get into the podcast is that one of the things I'm really bringing forward in this work is, is my identity. And I touched on this just a second ago, my identity as a black, femme, womanist, futurist, regenerative mystic whose work stands at the intersection of mysticism, entrepreneurship, and the creative process. So the reason why I'm bringing this to the table and the reason why I'm making it known and making it important is because these things aren't talked about by many black and brown voices. Not many black and brown voices, if you look around and you look up, are included in the conversation on what it means to build a regenerative paradigm. Um, and I think this is so important to name and look at and know. It's so important for me to name and look at and know because I can very easily hide behind some of my own internalized racism around this topic. I can sort of hide behind intellect and curiosity and all of the things that like really kind of make it really um, murky for me to like be like, really be full, fully transparent and seen in my essence, which supports the essence of this podcast and this work and creates a whole and healthy regenerative system of like 
creation work, right? Because this work is not just mine, but it's it's ours. It's collective. It is being built upon by more voices than just mine. So I'm not necessarily going to trademark this. I'm not necessarily going to go and like try to get the rights to be the only one who uses this term regenerative mystic, black futurist regenerative mystic. But rather what I want to do instead is practice generosity and practice curiosity. And what does it look like for us to all kind of come into the room and begin to ask these questions that long to be asked, questions that I believe arguably are being asked by Black and brown folks already, loudly, but without all of the jargon. Questions like what happens when change is not something that just happens to us, but rather something we initiate from within the realm of our living actions, our dream spaces, and our imaginations. So this podcast, though it has changed names, orientations, has hosted quite a few incredible voices from varying backgrounds, there's always been this desire to go deeper into that question. And I can't go there without taking my identity, my place, my literal, like, my 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 location, my social location with me as a part of the story, as a part of my mythos of belonging, asking questions about what does it mean to design futures of wholeness, asking questions about what does it mean for me as a Black futurist, womanist, non-binary femme who is queer to design a future that includes all parts of who I am and how I've come to bring goodness to the world, and thereby enabling and creating space for others like me to bring their peace, their uniqueness, their multidimensionality. One of the things I've been thinking about a lot is how we need we need multidimensional frameworks to support to support multidimensional people in multidimensional situations of change. We need multidimensional frameworks to, to support multidimensional people in multidimensional situations of change. It is not a simple three-step process. It is deeper than that. So what does it look like? What does it taste like? What does it feel like? How can we honor and craft a vision of the future that really honors all of us? What do we need to do? How can we create this? How can we allow ourselves to be full-bodied and in spirit in relationship with what wants to happen next, right? How can we then center wholeness in this evolution? How can we allow this beautiful thing to happen? So so I just want to share that with you because I think it is really important to name that, to bring this peace in the room and to really stand in my skin, to stand in my voice, to stand in my my complexity as I ask complex questions and invite you into the journey, invite you into the experiences that we're crafting in Brave School, invite you into the work that we're bringing forward into the collective that I think is actually like really powerful and really helpful. And it's taken us the last two years to really test that theory, right? To bring this work, bring these words, bring these thoughts and these frameworks into the market in a way that allows us to engage with them and work with them. So I can't wait to continue. I can't wait to unfold with you. I can't wait to learn about who you are and where you've come from. Um, if you are interested in any of the work that we do here in Brave School, you can always visit www.braveschool.co. We've got immersions coming up that dive deeper into some of these questions. We've got a live event that's coming up that we'll be announcing soon. So you definitely want to make sure that you are in our newsletter, that you are following us on the medias, that you are aware of how to find out where that information is on our website at www.braveschool.co. 
Now on to the episode. Hello and welcome back to the Regenerative Mystic Podcast. My name is Daje and I am your host. It feels really good to be back with another solo episode. Um, This one feels so vulnerable for some reason. I feel like I'm sharing my heart with you guys. I feel like I'm coming out from behind the curtain. And even though I know that like it's kind of my shtick to be vulnerable, to be open, to share what is going on in my heart, what I think, what I feel about the world and about the creative process and entrepreneurship and all of that good stuff. For some reason today, it feels a little different. Today, it feels like I am sharing really core like core pieces of my curiosities core pieces of my body of work um things that I've named things that I have created um and am breathing life into and want to explore more of in a more public way one of the first things that I want to share is that like one thing I don't talk about a lot here on the podcast, which I think is actually really important and really helpful information uh, to weave into the work that we do here in on the Regenerative Mystic podcast in Brave School is that I'm a Black femme. I'm a Black non-binary femme and my work and my identity interweave together in this really unique intersection, I feel like, where on the one hand, my work standing at the intersection between mysticism, entrepreneurship, and the creative process, I don't really hear a lot of people speaking into that intersection very much who hold identities that I hold. And that feels very sensitive for a lot of reasons. And it's enough reason for me to not want to bring it up, to not want to draw attention to these things. But I do think that It's a huge, huge, huge reason why I feel like I'm in this work. And on the other hand, with the regenerative mystic conversation, the conversation about regenerative mysticism, period, is kind of new to the market. Those two terms are not normally seen together, right? Like we're not usually seeing those two terms together. Also, on top of that, there can be this sense of like, well, there also aren't a lot of like black people talking about regenerative culture. Um, there are a handful of people talking about it, period. And then of those people who who are who among them are are black, queer, non-binary, femme, people of color. Not very many. So there can be this sense for me of like feeling loneliness when I'm sharing my thoughts, especially on social media around essence liberation and living systems as a paradigm for how we can weave a new story of work. So I just want to bring that into the room as I dive into this topic, because it is so important. The story of that is so important to the actual work of it. When I talk about essence liberation, it comes from a lifelong ache and desire to belong. It talks, it's, it comes from the like primordial ache 
to want to be nested inside of a community and be received in our essence as who we are and how we've come. So much of our world is built on changing that, shifting that, altering that, optimizing that, rather than accepting it. If you're familiar with the regenerative paradigm at all, if you've done any research on like permaculture or like regenerative business or regenerative systems, you might have heard the word essence a lot. It's not just something that came out of my spiritual practice, although it lives there, it breathes there for sure. But it is a word that describes what regenerative systems work a paradigm of regenerative culture is all about. It speaks to what I know to be radical honor, building a culture of honor. I heard that a long time ago and I'm bringing it in again. It's always fascinated me. What does it look like to craft a culture of honor? What does it look like for us as human beings to honor our essence? And not just like our personalities or some of the traits that we crafted and stitched together in order to survive in the world. That can be a part of it too, but I mean who we are in essence, at the core, at the root. Who are we radically? That word radically comes from the word root. Who are we at the core? This is what it means to be liberated in our essence. And the regenerative paradigm is all about honoring essence. It's all about, it's all about kind of like the, the efficiency, truly, the, the efficiency of essence liberation, essence allowance. So for example, if you take if you take a permaculture project, backyard, whatever it is, that's been like deeply radicalized, which means that it has been stripped of anything that we can do to impose our will upon the land and to become, to come into relationship with what the land is, how it's come how it's how water flows through certain parts of the yard, how the grass works with this part of the sun at 2 p.m., how the trees hang this way. It's it's really all about taking a a a moment, a piece, a plot, a person and asking how have you come and how can I restore you back to who you are in essence so that I can be in relationship with who you are in essence and reap the rewards and the benefits of being in that relationship as you reap the rewards and the benefit of being in relationship with me, the one who is honoring you, the one who is also coming in essence, right? And so we can get a lot more complex than that, right? Like if you're not familiar with regenerative work or regenerative like gardening or whatever, I invite you to like, get familiar. I might put some links in the chat. Um, But really all this work really is, 
is about honoring essence, honoring the natural infrastructure and order of how we've come. Now, there's all kinds of complications to this because our world has been so tucked and cut up and reorganized and redesigned and snipped and made into plastic that, well, I would say like also the kind of like, that's maybe the shadow side, but I would also say the world has been so deeply cultivated in, on both sides of the spectrum that we have to do a little bit of digging and work to figure out what is the essence of this world? What is the essence of our human nature? What is the essence of the voice? What is the essence of my two-year-old son outside of the norms and the constructs of how I'm told I'm supposed to raise him, right? Like, I don't have a two-year-old son, but I'm sure, like, just putting myself in the shoes of a mom who has a, who has a child and they're like, how am I supposed to raise this child in this world when it feels like everything in this world, every system, every construct, speaking especially to black moms, every, every construct in this world is like tied up against him. How do I honor his essence? How do I honor his individuality? How do I honor his, his, his soul, his breath, his, his textures, his nature? We ask the same of earth. How do we honor earth's nature, earth's desires, earth's wants for herself? We ask the same of ourselves. How do I honor who I am in essence? And so essence liberation has come about as this like really kind of this question of what does it look like to honor who we are in essence? And I have wrestled with this question my whole life, you know, like, and I, I know that so many of you can resonate with this. I am someone who, you know, grew up in a high control highly religious space. When I was nine years old, my mom remarried and she got married to this man who um, was very, very religious and, you know, abusive. And, and we went to his church and so much of my experience, like already coming from the complexities of growing up in a single parent household with, with, a black mama who has her own like textures and sensitivities and mental health things going on. And like our family that has like experienced, you know, generations of poverty never recovered from like being transported here from West Africa, like still in it. Right. And so like coming from the complexities of that and then being put into an environment where like, the entire church was black, but denied everything about our blackness down to like the texture of our hair, to the way that black folks speak, to the black folks music that I, I when I was three, my father was a blues artist. My granddaddy was a gospel artist and a reverend. And we enter into this environment where everything about being black was wrong and and degenerative in this particular culture and to be black was to risk being like ostracized and literally in our communities like we i've watched people be excommunicated from our church 
for like engaging in a life of sin that included rap music and like other things that are just very human, human natured. And I can't even scratch the surface on, on that spiritually. Um, I can, I can just barely do it in a podcast episode. And so kind of bringing the complexities of that um, and, and learning my whole life down to my body, you know, like being told that my nose and my lips were the wrong shape and like being invited to by folks who were taking care of me to shape my face and my nose and my mouth into something that was a little bit more Eurocentric and, and more acceptable beauty-wise. Like I, I struggled for years and I still to some like on some levels I still struggle with this with body dysmorphia I have sometimes I have no clue what my body like really looks like um and it used to be really 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 bad like just really barely making it 120 pounds and feeling like totally like out of my skin had no clue had no frame of reference on what my body should look like how my curves can be celebrated, how even like the dark marks on my skin could be celebrated and loved on and and cared for and 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 like bathed in, in just appreciation and grace and beauty for how I've come. Not to mention having, you know, being very quirky and nerdy growing up. Right. And so this question of essence liberation, like can I really honor who I am in essence has always been a part of the story. And I know I'm not the only one. I know that there are many of you listening to this podcast right now who are watching this video, who probably have your own relationship with, you know, soul and body dysmorphic relationship with who you are in essence not sure if like your personality is the right personality for the room or if you have the right skills or if you are the right kind of person um and asking those questions about like am i you know am i good enough and so then we add development on top of that human development and it gets so confusing because human development, in, especially in Western society, in where I grew up, in the culture I grew up, my development wasn't about honoring me and celebrating me. It was about shaping me so that I could become a powerful cog in the wheel of capitalism. It was about shaping me so that I can become a obedient wife in somebody's spiritual house. Like I literally remember um, being at a youth rally, good God, when I was like 13 and they did altar call. If you know what altar call is, raise your hand, okay? Like they did the altar call and one of the, like one of the altar calls was, if you're feeling called to be a pastor's wife, come on up to the altar, let us pray for you. And like, I felt so, I think there was a time where I did go to the altar because I, I didn't want to be left out. Like all the girls in youth group were 
called to be a pastor's wife. And I really don't know how that works economically. Like if there was only one pastor per church, like, like, but also it was like, you know, evangelical. They're trying to like populate the whole world. Um, not going to talk about that right now, but it's just like the whole, like the whole construct of it was just so messed up. Um, our development was not about honoring us and like who we are as people, who we are in essence as humans, but rather about shaping us so that we can fulfill somebody's dream for the world that didn't include our dreams, right? that didn't include my dream, that didn't include my quirkiness, my, you know, the texture of my skin and hair and body and the shape of my soul, as big as it is, big soul. I mean, many of you out there do too. Like, like just, yeah, the heartache of that. Essence liberation is not a, just about like, I think it can be really easy to hear this term and think, oh, you know, that, especially like in the business world and in entrepreneurship, which is where some of my work crosses that intersection. Um, I'm more on the wildish side of things, but it's still all the same. And sometimes we can hear the word essence. It can just become an empty word that rolls off the skull that passes from one ear to the other. It doesn't really land because we say that word so often and it starts to lose its meaning. So I want to acknowledge that, right? It starts to lose its essence, it, what it is for. But that word essence um, is it's the root word of the word essential. And it all has to do, not to get into the nitty gritty, but it really all has to do with like the self, the root, the core. What Spirit has been telling me, talking to me about is the form principle, the principle of the form, what the form is at its very base level of material. And so what does that mean? What is the form principle? The form principle is basically what something is in its most basic form. Like the shape of my head is in the form principle of the shape of my head is sphere, round. Or the, 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 a cup, right, is cylindrical. In, in, in the essence of its form, the principle of its form. So when we think about the South and how we honor who we are in the culture, so much of that work is about honoring who we are in the principle of the form. And when we get brave enough to really look into that and see that, what we see is not an individual. What we see is not a lone man standing on earth. What we see is that we are in essence, intricately woven 
under the consciousness of a planet. From ourselves to our breath, we are intricately connected to what the planet is. Down to like the compounds, molecules, the atoms that make up our form. Who we are in essence is in relationship with the earth. We don't have to, and, and I think it's a great practice to try to, but in essence, we really don't have to try to create a relationship with earth. We are earth. At the, at the principle of our form, we are all that is. And yeah, I love how woo-woo that sounds. I do. And it's not just woo. It's not just something spiritual that feels good. It can be a really powerful mythos. It can be a really powerful story to work with and, and grow with and develop yourself with. But what I see is like actually very practical. That we are not only in this earth, on this earth, but we are of this earth. The word human comes from the word humilis. The word humility comes from the word humilis, which means of the earth. It's of the earthness. So when I think about humility even, which I think is a huge part of what essence liberation is, humility is not about like making yourself smaller, making yourself invisible, removing you know the power and the beauty of who you are it's actually about being in a right relationship with who you are in relationship with the earth it's about having a right view of self and of the earthness like even in this room even in the materials of this cup of tea that i have in front of me or the microphone that i'm speaking into all of this is of the earth. And so all of, all of the materials come from earth. Every single atom, every single portion of this has been shaped from, from the earth's material, from earth consciousness, from the principle of earth. I have been shaped from earth. I have been evolved from earth. Every part of who I am is of the earth. So essence liberation is about recognizing my own belonging here. I feel like, you know, I'm so passionate about this because I spent most of my life feeling so deeply excluded, so much of an outsider, I felt I was made fun of a lot, even by my own family, for being odd and for having my head in the clouds. I was called blondie, like even just just for like being a daydreamer. And it was all innocent. But even the jokes about 
you know, me being adopted just made me feel really small and really insignificant and really not a part of anything in particular that mattered like a family, like a community. And I know a lot of you, I'm sharing this because I know a lot of you might resonate with that experience. So I spent most of my life from teenagehood to adulthood seeking purpose outside of myself, seeking purpose in grander things. So I got really super heavy into religion. I got super into the nonprofit world. In fact, I've been working in nonprofit and facilitating since I was 15, 14, actually. Um, if you consider the training that went into place, like it, it was really big. Like I sought, I sought belonging in relationships. I sought belonging in communities. And you know what's really powerful about this is that there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong. It's actually like how we're designed is to be belong. We're designed for connection. We're designed for belonging. That's what we're made for. We're made to be relational because guess what? When we think about it from the form principle or in essence, we are relational. We literally cannot survive without relationship at all. There is nothing in us that has, the, there's no gene alive inside of the human form that is about surviving without being in relationship to the context, to people, to other creatures and more than human world, as David Abrams likes to call it. There is no part of us. There's no function in our physical reality and form that can survive without being somewhat connected to another resource. The of the earthness, the humilis, our essence. So part of essence liberation is accepting, man, I'm here to be relational. I am here to belong. Because we live in a world where it's so hyper-individualistic, though, it can feel really hard to belong. It can feel really hard to know who our people are, um, what our communities are, what our culture is, even for so many of us. Like, so many of us have been ripped away from our cultures or, like, our cultures have been colonialized out of us, and so we don't even know who we are in essence anymore that's what that's you know that's what that, that stuff is for those rituals right those cultural rituals those rites of passage to remind us and to teach us that we belong somewhere that we're seen that we're noticed that we're cared for that we are ingrained into a culture a society that we belong but the cost of belonging is high in a Western world that is so fractured, in a Western world that is so bent on manipulating essence for profit and gain. And this is something I've felt very kind of guilty of. I wouldn't even say guilty, it's just something that I've played into, right? Like, 
you know, the, there was the whole, you know, like we, we learned how to be authentic. We learned how, like we learned all, we all learned about our astrology. We learned all the things about who we are. And then instead of taking time to appreciate that, we tried to figure out how, how can I manipulate this so that I can be fed? And you know what, what I, what I want to say about that is that, you know, there is nothing to judge here. And when we're trying to survive in a world that, that is like ours, I can't blame anyone for, for doing, being, showing up how they need to, to get their bills paid and to put food on their table. And, and, and what I want to say to that also is like, there can be a softer way. And that's what I believe essence liberation is. That's what I believe that this like regenerative dream is about is like, there can be a softer way. And it's actually that way is like who we are in essence. It's being in relationship with each other and in the earth. It's being in relationship with ourselves. It's being whole. That's what wholeness is. It's when all the parts belong. We've talked about that before. So there's a lot here where, yeah, I feel like I'm bringing a lot of ideas, synthesizing a lot of ideas um, that aren't ordinarily in the same bowl together. I am doing this intentionally and I'm recognizing the risk of this because I see something. I see, I see like a, I see a new way of being that actually isn't new. That's just unburdened from all the clutter that we gain as we grow and develop in our societies. And I want to see how far we can go with that. I want to see how far we can go with, with a different kind of way of being where we are in, in our essence. And I believe that in our essence, when, when human beings are operating from a place of essence liberation, they are inherently creative. They are inherently evolutionary. They are inherently relational. They are inherently cultivating belonging, cultivating uh, relationship with the earth. Like there are a lot of inherent traits in an essence liberated human that just rise forward because finally we had this space and our nervous systems to evolve rather than try to survive against someone else's dream for our bodies, our voices, our own imaginations. Just think about, you know, being in school and like, it feels like from day one, we're all trying to figure out who we're going to be when we grow, when we grow up. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to be in two days as a kindergartner. Am I going to like, am I going to learn how to, you know, write my R's correctly? by the end of this week and like not even consciously thinking that like no kindergartner is sitting there like got their planner open like I'm just gonna take this self-development class so that I can learn how to write my r's correctly like no five-year-old is doing that what five-year-olds are concerned about 
is being in their essence. It's, it's learning how to be the most expressed version of themselves. It's managing adult expectations on their growth and development that have nothing to do with who they are in essence. Bill Placken, his work is all about this, is all about development. And I, I'm just really, I love his work. Oh, I really, really love it. Um, because he is like meeting a lot of questions with more questions that really need to be asked. Like, where are the elders, like the true elders? Where are the true adults? Why are all of the adults around me like really, truly grown children? Asking this of myself, right? Like, like how, like how do we live in a society where it feels like as a, like a 30-year-old woman, almost all of my peers are like children. How do we live in this society where this is like this? where there's no development, there's no liberation of the essence. There's no care for how this essence grows and develops over time. And so we have like the wellness paradigm where everybody is going to therapy trying to figure this shit out. Everybody's, everybody's in therapy, everybody's in trauma therapy. And if they're not in trauma therapy, then like they're being told they need to go. Because we have a developmental crisis, Bill Placken talks about. We have a developmental crisis. And so no five-year-old is sitting here trying to like figure out how to, who they, who, who they want to be when they grow up. Like maybe they are, maybe they're like, I want to be the firefighter, but it's not because of the complex reason of I want to save the world. And I want to make sure children are safe in fires. There's nothing, it's not complex like that. It's, that looks really cool. Wow, look at that hose. It's play. No seven-year-old is sitting here, like, just got it figured out. We as the new generation, right? Millennials, bridge millennials, Gen Z. We're the ones who have the task of becoming true adults, becoming truly liberated in our essence so that those who come after us, our children and their children, actually have a freaking chance at innovating the world, at innovating on culture, the culture that we've already built and re regenerating it regenerating relational flows, regenerating technology so that it's not this giant invisible force that we feel like is against us in mining our data, but is actually a friend to the human creative process. Can you imagine what that might be like? To be in relationship with technology, to be in relationship with industry in such a way that these, these aspects, technology, industry, mechanism are actually friends and allies in the creative process allies to living systems rather than rather than pieces that are impeding us from being in our 
inner essence liberated. Systems that are stifling the growth of our humanity, where the internet is actually like, like a friendly realm, like the digital realm is like a regenerative paradigm that actually supports the growth and the evolution of not just humanity, but the world at large. Can you even imagine? Right? And what I also want to emphasize too is like this work, Essence Liberation, is not, it's not about trying to convince people to do the right thing. This is not activism. This is not this is not your new praxis for how to save the world. It's like so fully not that. A regenerative paradigm isn't concerned with saving the world. And that's like, that's the part that trips most people up. And it's, it's honestly the part that really deeply attracts me to the regen, like, like asking quite, because it is about being with the question. It's about being with the question. Working from a regenerative paradigm doesn't try to push the world and its inhabitants. This is from Indirect Work by Carol Sanford. A regenerative paradigm doesn't try to push the world and its inhabitants into an ideal state. Right? Just think about that. Think about if 8 billion people tried to push the world into their unique ideal state their unique dream for the world for the whole world (laughs) we're not trying to evangelize regenerative paradigm we're not trying to evangelize new paradigm here that's not what this is about because that would be coercive that would be life denying that would be the exact opposite of honoring the essence of an individual or a context or a living system. It would be the exact opposite of wholeness. It would be the exact same thing as what colonialism did to the Americas, which is push their agenda, their dream, their imagination onto the people who were already living here. What they did was they, and they did it at all costs using human bodies from across the world to make this happen. Their dream, their dream for freedom, their dream for liberation, their dream for liberation came at the expense of other people's liberations. That's not essence liberation. That's not liberation. It's not it. It's not regenerative. It's degenerative. It is not whole. It's fracturing. And we're like, you open up your Instagram app and you see that happening all the time. And this time people are calling it activism or they're calling it liberation politics or they're calling it politics. They're calling it all kinds of things. And, you know, I'm not here to be the critic of the things that people are doing and the questions people are asking, because I think that people in these realms are asking really important questions that need to be asked. So 
this regenerative paradigm, essence liberation, it's not trying to push the world into a new dream. It's not, I'm not trying to sit here and convince you to cross over into essence liberation. It's not a religion. It's not a, like, it's, n it's nothing. It's not a club. It's not a Facebook group. It's like barely a philosophy, you know? Being in a regenerative paradigm that honors essence, that liberates essence, is about encouraging and enabling living beings to discover and express their innate potentials as contributors to living communities. It's about assuming that we're already all a part of a dream, a community, a living system. And that's Earth's dream for herself, which is not, Earth is not sitting here like slapping dreams out of human minds. Earth wants to be in collaboration with our essence. Right? I fully believe that. But it's a, like that, that's, that's a relationship thing. It's being in a relationship. And this is where, like, this is where we start to have to expand our consciousness and our conscious awareness of what things are and how things move. That science hasn't figured everything out. That's why science is science. Basically, you know, we need scientists to keep researching science. They haven't figured it out. It's evolutionary. We have this powerful invitation to be in listening relationship with all the things that we don't understand. All the things that pertain to us, all the things that are connected to us, like our food systems and our waterways and oxygen and the relationships between humans, our attachment styles, our creative processes, what those creative processes require, supply chain, all of these things play a role in the way that we move into essence, liberating our essence in the creative process, in the earth community, at work. It's nested, it's woven together it's layered and essence liberation and this dream that I'm sharing with you, my personal dream is, yeah, like it would be amazing if my personal dream affected the world in a way that was like regenerative, in a way that restored, helped to restore us back to who we are in essence and really allowed us to flow efficiently in our own unique potentials. But what I don't want you to hear me say is like, I want you to believe in my paradigm and my idea of how business and creative process and identity and politics should be because it's way more complex than that. What I do want 
is to honor the living systems I'm a part of in this work. What I do want is to keep asking questions about how to do that. What I do want is to keep asking questions and deepening into my form and allowing my potential to flow through me, to honor myself first. And I hope that through self-honoring, through my own self-honoring, through my own creative process, that you might be inspired to honor yourself. And however you are wired to show up in your, the fullness of your development as a human, as an adult, as an elder eventually, and in the fullness of your essence, your embodiment, your truth, your spirit, your voice, your courage, your relationships. I'm not here to control you. I'm not here to tell you what to be. I'm not here to tell you you shouldn't believe X, Y, and Z. I have some pretty contrary ideas. I have some pretty stark beliefs. I have some judgments. I have layers. I have textures. We all do. And when we are in this process of weaving a new story of how we can be in the culture, all of that complexity, all of that texture gets to be a part of it too. But in a culture of honor, we know what to do with that. We know how to make that into compost that nurtures the collective soil rather than tearing us apart, breaking us away from who we are, how we've come, fracturing our psyche collectively into tiny parts that feel like they don't belong. So this is what I've got for you. This is what I am exploring in this work. And I know a lot of people are out there who are like, please tell us where you're going. Tell us how you're building. Tell us what we're doing. And part of really living into this experience and living into this question is to continue to ask you questions, right? Where are you going? What are you building? What is your essence? What is your path to listen to? What are your living systems? I think that is, that's true leadership. As I know it, it's not coercing you into following my way or doing things because I know and I have the best practices for how to do them, but rather it's saying, let's look at this together. Let's explore this together. Let's build the capability in our physical forms to try new ways of being. Because the truth is we can't build a new paradigm, a new earth, using the old tools and the old ways that we're going to do. And this is something that I have really been on for months. It's like, especially in entrepreneurship, online entrepreneurship, 
we're going to do is just build the same thing, but in different clothes. Like, y'all, I'm not interested in a new paradigm of entrepreneurship. That's basically old paradigm in like flowy white clothes in the woods and spirituality that feels like really thin and like manipulative and here for the manifestation instead of here for the relation. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I feel that so deeply. And sometimes I doubt myself when I feel that. Like, I'm like, oh, am I being judgy? Yeah, probably I am. But also my soul, my heart is desiring a higher standard for how we operate, how we relate to one another. Putting on and wielding power for the sake of my financial gain is not something I'm interested in. Being embedded and deeply in belonging and in relationship with a wealth of resources and community and support and finances, that's what I'm interested in. If I have to, yeah, if I, yeah, there's so much you could say about that. But that's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in teaching you how to build a 100K business. I've done that already, by the way. I've built the six-figure business. I've built it already. And what I have to say about that is like, at the end of the day, I spent most of the time feeling like I didn't belong. And I spent most of the time feeling afraid of running out of resources. And I spent most of the time feeling like I wasn't enough. And that my voice in its purest, most essenced form would get made fun of and wouldn't be excluded from the group, whatever the group is. Hey, like, I don't even know what the group is, but like, I felt that way. I believe another world is possible. Um, that doesn't mean that we have to be broke or poor or dirt people. I just think that it means that we get to reorient the ways that we relate to our systems. We say we want a new world, but we're building a facade on top of the old one. And what is that? Just asking, just noticing that, looking at that, seeing that, being with that, and asking what would it look like for us to center wholeness instead of this me mechanized reality where we're fracturing all of our parts, we're computing everything, we're calculating everything, rather than being in relationship with who we are in essence and what that essence is here to express and be in the culture. I don't care if you're an artist living in the backwoods of the Appalachians or if you are an eight-figure exec trying to figure out the next move for the company. You have an essence that longs to be witnessed and radically honored. 
and expressed and developed and nurtured. You have an essence that longs for you to come back into harmony and resonance with who you are. In essence, at the root, in your most essential form. Connected, deeply embedded in the community of this earth. Which means that you are fully aware. Not just thankful for, not just you know about, but you are fully in your body aware of the living systems that you are deeply nested inside of. The stars, the sun, the oxygen, the wind, the dirt, plant matter, animal matter. You are deeply ingrained in the ecosystems of this earth. You are from and of the earth. You are of her consciousness. And there's way more wealth, way more resources, way more sustenance in that reality than there is in trying to figure out how to make a million bucks in a year. Although that can be fun too. But can it be fun? Can it be an extension, an expression of your essence? Whether, rather than this game that you're playing that is exploiting parts of your essence for profit, for gain, for recognition. It's just questions I'm asking. I'm not trying to call anybody out or call anything wrong. What is the dream that we're dreaming for ourselves? How does that dream interface with the collective, with the world, with the earth? How do our identities play that role? Work with that experience of reality? How do our textures, our memories, our nervous systems, our bodies, our subtle bodies, our etheric cords and blueprints, how do all of these parts play together to make a whole? That's what essence liberation is asking about. That's what essence liberation wants to weave from the question. I'm not here to tell you who to be. I'm just asking you, are you being? Are you being who you are? In essence. And that goes beyond your personality. Um... It's, it's so much deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. When you know that when you step outside, you know you've, when you've had those moments when you've been so deeply connected to the earth, to another, that it has become so evident to you that Obviously, I belong. Obviously, I'm a part. Obviously, like, what I have, how I've come, my light, my essence, my voice, my work is good in this space. And if you've never experienced that, well, I, here's to hoping that you do someday. Maybe it's time to go out into the woods. Maybe it's time to 
go to the park and just get low and meditate, be with earth, or to be with another in non-judgmental ways with no expectations and just witnessing the face of God in another. That's what I've got. That's what I've got. If this resonated with you, would love to hear from you. If you have questions or curiosities, I would love to hear them. I can't promise that I'll be able to answer them, but I would love to witness you in your process. I would love to hear what, how this landed for you, where you're at in the journey. Don't be afraid to DM me. Don't be afraid to reach out to our podcast email. We'd love to hear from you. This is my heart. I'm going to keep talking about this. I'm going to keep going into these topics. And I have promised myself that I'm not going to, um, yeah, I'm not going to like try to water it down too much. I'm just going to go. And I invite you to come with me in these conversations. We've got some really good ones coming up with some really profound voices. Um, I plan on talking more about like the intersection of essence liberation and a regenerative work paradigm, regenerative business strategy, and asking lots of questions here. I plan on talking a lot more about how identity plays a role, bringing on some more guests who are also folks of color, who I think have a really special key in, just because, especially in the Western world, just because of like the complexities and the exposure to different aspects of education, plus the exposure to the kinds of racism and the kinds of complexities that we've experienced in the world, I just feel really interested in diving in and exploring and getting cozy with asking these questions about how we design futures of wholeness. So I hope you join. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this special episode. Cannot wait to be with you again. Bye.